firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. What's up, everyone? This is Buck Green for Modern Combat and Survival, and today it is my turn in the 5-in-5 barrel. Uh, We get so many questions here at Modern Combat and Survival that it's impossible to answer every one of them. 5-in-5 is our attempt to do that. Uh, We take questions that have been submitted to us at our various webinars and live events and through the contact form on our website and, and from a bunch of other sources. We have lots of questions kicking around. And whenever possible, we like to answer those questions. We try to address what comes in, but there's just so much. So 5 and 5 allows us to do that. I have taken five questions at random from those databases. They are not questions that I have seen before, uh, and I'm going to answer them and attempt to do so uh, in 60 seconds or less each. Uh, I've got a timer here. I'm going to start the timer, and we are just going to jump right in and do 5 and 5 with me, Buck Green. Uh, the topics will be on both firearms and survival. All right. Ready? And... Go. At the age of 73 and being female, am I too old to learn firearms training? Asks Sue Givens of Kentucky. You know, Sue, I blame the firearms industry uh, that for not always treating women well in this regard. Uh, firearms people tend to be a little condescending when it comes to women. They tend to give them uh, advice that, even if it's not bad, isn't exactly what women need to know. The fact is that women need firearms even more than men, and they need firearms training even more than men because they are smaller and weaker physically on average. Firearms are the great equalizer, and a woman with a gun is very well prepared to deal with an attacker. Um, age is no barrier to firearms training. Don't think that at the age of 73 you cannot learn to train with a firearm. Uh, certain guns, though, are going to be better for you than others. If you lack the hands strength to rack the slide, for example, you're going to want a revolver or maybe even a Derringer, something that doesn't require you to do that. All right, next question. Should I use a shotgun for home defense or a handgun? I currently use a handgun. That's from Jody Leonard in Illinois. Well, Jody, the answer is yes. <laughs> shotgun or handgun is a matter of personal preference. Uh, I don't believe that shot can reduce overpenetration. Inside a house, it's going to penetrate just as badly as a bullet will unless you use something like birdshot, which is not effective, and I hate that myth, and I wish people would stop recommending birdshot for home defense to reduce overpenetration. It's ineffective for putting down a person. Uh, Dick Cheney, Vice President Dick Cheney, he shot a hunting buddy in the face with buckshot and that, or with birdshot, and that guy lived because birdshot is not effective for home defense. Uh, what you need to do is learn your backstops in the home, your appliances, bookshelves full of books, things like that that will actually stop a bullet. Uh, shotgun or handgun is then a matter of personal preference. Just remember, shotguns are easier to use under stress because they're a two-handed weapon, but they are less maneuverable. Handguns are a little harder to use under stress, but they are more maneuverable. Okay, next question. When is it unsafe to keep a revolver loaded in all chambers? From Gary Letterly from Ohio. Uh, Gary, are you currently being pursued by a posse in the 1800s? Because otherwise, yes, it is safe to keep all of the chambers of your revolver cylinder uh, loaded. (laughs) That was done, uh, people used to not load the chamber under the hammer back when the hammer was essentially just a spike, when there weren't modern safety devices on modern handguns. I remember... Colt, back in the day, had a an ad campaign called Hammer the Hammer, where they were trying to make the point that you could take a hammer and whack 
the back of the gun's hammer and not set off the gun because there was a hammer block safety inside the revolver. Uh, with a modern revolver, uh, it should not be the case that you cannot have the cylinder completely loaded. Even if there's a live round under the hammer, it shouldn't be a problem. The exception would be if you're one of those uh, like cowboy action shooters and you've got guns that are made to the same specifications as those old West guns. Know your firearm. Know if it has a hammer block safety. That's really important. Um, what's the best type of knife to carry in a SHTF situation? I'm spelling out the letters because I don't want to swear. Uh, that's from Timothy Farmer in Alabama. Um, in that sort of situation, you're going to need both utility and self-defense. So the best knife is actually going to be two knives. I would recommend a good fixed-blade utility knife uh, for all of your survival and utility needs, and then a self-defense tactical folder or a self-defense fixed-blade that you use just for that so that you keep the blade nice and sharp for when you actually need it. Um, if you're like Jeff Anderson, you don't carry a survival knife at all. You just carry a machete for everything. Um, he carries, I think, like a small razor utility blade for little tiny cutting tasks, and then everything else, he's got the machete for both self-defense and utility, and there's literally nothing that that can't do. Uh, if, if you haven't checked out the, the MCS Guardian machete, you really should. Um, we're introducing a new model of that in the new year, so the old ones I don't think are actually uh, available any longer, but uh, it's a great machete. I have a couple of them myself. Um, Finally, from Matthew Fugue in Texas, I'm sorry if I'm butchering the pronunciation of your name, Matthew, how do I know what is quality and what is not? The answer is you get what you pay for, but sometimes you get less. That means if you pay very little for something, you're getting something cheap, you know you're getting something cheap, you can't rely on it. If you pay for the nicest you can afford, the only problem then becomes you might overpay. And if you pay too much, um, well, then you paid money you didn't have to, but hopefully you at least got a quality product. I would recommend that in this day of online reviews for everything, look at all the reviews you can find and look at the negative ones. Don't bother with the positive ones. Look at the negative reviews and see if you could live with those negative aspects of the product. Are the negatives being spelled out deal breakers or are they things that really are, are not a big problem and you could live with that if you bought that item? And that, with two seconds left, is five and five. And that's my alarm going off, and I can't figure out how to turn it off. Uh, there we go. <laughs> All right. Uh, I hope you enjoy the 5 and 5 segment. I really enjoy listening to them, and this is the first time I've gotten a chance to do one, and I really enjoy doing it. Um, until next time, here at Modern Combat and Survival, this is Buck Green telling you to prepare, train, and survive. Modern Combat and Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.